already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a walk brad but it's all been done before we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap could it toss it could it taste it do we love it hey let's fix it can't erase it let's embrace the tupperware party subculture spill over like a vulture carryover counterculture pushover pop culture leftovers Hey, welcome. Uh, we, this is a bonus episode, and we are talking to our good friend Ryan Dros from the Star Joe's podcast. But we're not going to be talking to Ryan about you know movies and television and all that stuff. Ryan's actually. Uh, doing something creatively, and I wanted to be able to share it with our listeners. I'm also joined by Joe Stark from Number One Comic Books and also Starkcast. Welcome, Joe. Welcome, Ryan. Glad to be here. Yeah, thrilled to be here. Next time, I want you to say it uh, in unison next time. I, I made I, that was an awkward kind of like I welcomed you both and then you both spoke up at the you same did that time. On purpose, you I, were just like, "Let's see what happens." <laughs> and here is the magic. So, no, uh, yeah, I'm happy to have both of you on, and we're talking about Ryan. We're talking about your new project that you've got going on here. Like, have you ever attempted anything like this? Tell people about it, and have you ever done anything even close like this? No, but I do feel like everything in my life has led up to this. It's one of those types of things. Like I, so I'm to let the listeners know what I'm doing is I'm looking to create my own comic. Uh, and it's, it's a passion project. It's something I've always wanted to do. I, uh, minored in, or essentially minored in English writing in college. So I, I would write stories all the time and it's always, I've always been a storyteller in my whole life. Uh, so when I was a little kid, I've mentioned this on, on my podcast many times. When I was a little kid, I'd have all my toys together and my toys would intermingle. So I'd have like G.I. Joe created the Transformers and then there would be this uh, ancient tomb that came up and that was Castle Grayskull. And it was, this, you know, those figures came out and then you'd have Legos that you'd help build the fortresses and everything. So there was always these stories that I was always crafting in my head. Uh, and, and a little bit of that's probably because I was a uh, lived on a main road and only had my sister. So I had to come up with a lot of stuff through imagination <laughs> growing up, playing with my toys and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, I, and then I became a huge comic book fan and because of being a big comic book fan, I started doing the podcast and been doing the podcast almost 10 years now. And it's very, it's 1980s based, but there is a focus on comic books. And in fact, some of my co-hosts are comic book uh, artists uh, so through doing all that, I started learning more about the industry and everything else and really getting to know other creators and all that. And I was like, you know what? I always have wanted to do something like this and this project, and I can get into like what caused this particular one, but really what caused this was, uh, it's been a dream and I'm in my mid forties right now. And it's one of those things I've, it's not too late to pursue your dreams. Uh, and if, if all, if all that ever gets made is this one issue, I could die a happy man because it's something I've always wanted to do. And, uh, and it truly is going this, this story and hopefully down the line, a series, 
uh, is a love letter to all the stuff that uh, that I've been a fan of over these years. There's lots of little references to things that that I grew up with, and there's a lot of references to my family, and uh, and that's where some of the origins came from as well. So it's it it's the Kickstarter really is is my dream uh, to to not get too mushy about it, but it really is it's a passion project for me. So yeah, you're pulling from personal stories and then putting those into this a very fantastical world. Into yeah, I you know I, I'll be honest with you, one of my favorite comic book writers, Brian K. Vaughn, uh, mm-hmm. does uh, did Why Last Man Saga. Yep, he does the exact same thing, and especially with Saga. Uh, with the birth of his child, he basically took some of the experiences that you know him and his wife were having, and yeah. threw them into this fantastical world that we know of Saga. So yeah. this is this this is a it's a proven formula if you look yeah. at it that way. It's 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 you write you write what you know. Yeah, uh, and and so to to give you an idea of where the origin of this came from, so the comic is called Stealth Hammer, and if you go into Kickstarter and just look up Stealth Hammer, you'll find it. it's the only one with that name. Um, it is an all ages comic and much like Brian mentioned in the most recent, one of the most recent episodes, I mean a true all ages comic. I don't mean a comic that's geared towards little kids, uh, because a lot of times that's what people think of when they hear all ages. They're like, oh, it's talking, it's written down to little kids to read and everything else. No, this is a true all ages comic. This means that I can read it. I can give it to my niece and nephew. They can read it. I can also give it to my parents, and they can read it. And everyone hopefully can enjoy it and get something out of it. Um, think of uh, relating it to movies. Think of it as like uh, Labyrinth or Dark Crystal or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, stuff like that where, yeah, uh, or Return to Oz or something like that. It's like, yeah, those were all kids' movies or family movies, but there's some creepy stuff that happened in those movies. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So there's stuff like that in here. Uh, basically, all ages, all it means is that I'm not going to be putting cursing into it, and I'm not going to, you know, if a character kills another character, it's not going to be like you're going to see their throat being slit on panel or something like that. But uh, there's a lot more you can do without having to do that. I've always been, when it comes to movies or stories, I, I've always felt like sometimes the scariest things are the things you don't see. Mm-hmm. So I would um, even... But to- I would even consider, you know, like as far as like movies go, everybody loves Star Wars. It's it's a yep. fantastic adventure. Those, you know, that first trilogy, pretty much all ages, rated PG, and I think anyone can watch it. And yeah, I, you know, adventure stories are kind of like my thing anyway. So, yeah. what? Uh, let me ask you this real quick. Yeah, what? There's got to be some things like out there in pop culture that kind of like inspired you and then maybe inspired this story like you know like some people are inspired look at look at the tomb raider series and this uh the uncharted series definitely inspired by indiana jones what inspired you ryan so uh so first I'll, i'll give you the the origin of the character itself and this is what sparked everything else uh so the character of stealth hammer her name is jamie taylor uh, and it is based off of loosely based off of my wife. Uh, my wife got a nickname through a couple places that she worked at of the stealth hammer. Uh, she worked at one place and, uh, she, she's a graphic designer and the, uh, boss had a client that was looking for some options and he, 
he came up with four and the art director there came up with six. And my wife, Jamie asked, well, could I do an option? And he said, sure. So she did an option and the client chose hers. So the next time a client came around, the boss threw it out there for the whole company to come up with options. And, and he said, but be careful of stealth. So uh, referring to my wife and she loved that nickname because it's a cool ass nickname. <laughs> and and uh, it stuck with with her for a while. And then she went and worked at another place where she was in charge of brand compliance, which basically meant that if someone was trying to design something to work on something, she was the one that let them know if they were following the policies for using the brand. So if they were trying to use a different color that they weren't supposed to use or something like that, uh, it was referred to that she was the one that had to lay the hammer down. And she's like, well, I already have a nickname of stealth and they're telling me I'm laying the hammer down here. So maybe I should be the stealth hammer. Nice. And then we we always joked that that would make a great superhero name. And uh, so last year, my wife had a milestone birthday, and I went to Baltimore Comic-Con and had a commission drawn of her as the Stealth Hammer. Uh, I just told the artist the name. I told them what the powers kind of were, because uh, we always joked about what the powers would be. And uh, I said, here's a picture of my wife. And he drew her. And once I saw it, I was like, this actually could be something. And the second I thought that this could be something, man, ideas just started flooding my head of where this could go and uh, what it could be. And to your question, Brian, where do some of my inspirations come from with this story? Uh, this story is a, uh, a blend of science and technology meets mythology and mysticism. Mm. I have always loved stories like that, especially, like I said, world building stories where it's, you start kind of small and it grows and grows and you find out it's part of a larger world. Um, so think of when you think of technology meets mythology and stuff like that. Uh, I grew up with stuff like He-Man. I grew up with stuff like Thunder the Barbarian, mm -hmm. uh, where it was that, you know, science meets science and technology meets magic basically. Um, and that's what this ends up being. Uh, we'll find out in the first issue that her dad is a uh, inventor and and tech type person, uh, and he helps get her outfitted and souped up. Uh, but uh, and her uncle, who she has to go up against in the first issue, he's he's very tech based also. But there's somebody behind the scenes that's pulling all the strings, and that someone is more mythology based. And in the preview pages that you'll see on Kickstarter, uh, the Stealth Hammer faces somebody who's more mythology-based. Uh, so I start off with technology villains and, tech, and a technological superhero. Uh, and then I introduce mythology characters. And then we get a meld of the two. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm going, going to be going with the story, is introducing both sides and then showing how they're blended together. Um, I've also always been a fan of legacy characters. So I love a character that has a history to it. And uh, that's another thing that's going to happen with this character. This character idolizes her grandmother. Her grandmother uh, will get hints of her in the first issue. Uh, but her grandmother is that Indiana Jones type character, who I'm a big fan of Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider and all that type of stuff. Uh, so she is that Indiana Jones character who travels the world and she's out there to kind of try to help people. But what we find out later is that, um, and like I said, this is if the series gets picked up by a publisher um, after doing this one issue, is that uh, Jamie finds herself part of a larger legacy and part of a larger lineage that goes all the way back to 
Uh, let's say, uh, not to, to give an extremely big hint, let's say it goes back to another mythological character that involves a hammer. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but in my, in my world, that character with a hammer is a little different than people are probably used to. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, uh, you can use that character. Oh, yeah. It just, you can't use the, the Marvel version. I mean, if you've right. seen the, the, <laughs> the short film Kung Fury, there's right. like a 600 foot Thor that shows yeah. up in right. that. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm basing it more on, uh, tr- the true mythology. Yeah. So pu- uh, the public, with a do- little, public little tweaks and twists to it. Yeah. Public domain Thor. Exactly. But exactly. with Ryan Dross twist on it and I can't wait. Exactly. Dude, exactly. I'm, I'm actually like, I'm blown away by this art. Can I, I, and I hope whoever the, who's the artist? So the, the artist is Alexandra Scott. Uh, and how I got connected with her is a co-host of mine and good, good friend of mine, Robert Atkins, who is a professional comic artist and he's a teacher at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Uh, Alexandra was one of his students. And I was looking, I told Robert, hey, I reached out to him saying, hey, could you introduce me to some people that uh, here's the type of art that I'm looking for? And I gave him some examples. I was like, "Um, I'm looking for someone that can draw cartoony but detailed. And I need someone that can draw backgrounds, like that can really do detailed backgrounds. Because um, this story is there, as I mentioned, there's like hints to things in the first issue. And there's a lot of hints in the dialogue, but there's also a lot of hints in things in the background. Uh, that this character is part of something bigger. And so I needed someone that could not only draw, because you can get a lot of artists out there that can draw like mm-hmm. really cool characters, but their backgrounds are like a solid color and stuff like that. And that's fine here and there, but I needed someone that could really put some detail in the backgrounds when it's needed. And uh, I said, I, I some of the artists that I mentioned to him, and I sent him some examples. I mentioned like Katie Cook uh, with her Nothing Special comic that she does. I mentioned uh, Derek Laufman. I even mentioned Brian Shearer, who's a, a friend of mine. Uh, that's in the comic industry. Uh, and I've seen some of the artwork he's done. And then I sent him some like animator type, uh, artists that are out there. And, and he's like, I actually have a student. If you're willing to take a look at a student's work, uh, that she'd be perfect mm-hmm. for you. Wow. So he sent me some samples he did have to open up to his whole class. Uh, he says it's only fair. So he had three students that submitted their artwork to me and Alex, Alex was one of them. And, uh, Instantly, she nailed the character. Like I gave him a, a description to give to the care to the artist, and she came back with this piece. And I'm like, oh my god, it, this is perfect. And even my wife said to me, she's like, are you just saying that because um, he's your friend and you want to, you know, you want to support him as much as he's trying to support you? And I said, no, this is this is the character. This is what I pictured in my head. In fact, it's better than what I pictured in my head. And. Uh, so he connected me with her and uh, we started talking and I started giving her ideas and writing. I wrote out a five page script for her for the Kickstarter. Uh, I sent her the the rough draft of the full 22 page story, which there's a lot of edits I'm going to be doing to it. Because uh, as her and I have worked together, I started finding out what she can do and uh, started changing some of the story a bit uh, to add more depth to it. And uh but the big thing for me, too, was I, I didn't want to turn this one issue into like a Spider-Man 3 situation where I was trying to fit too much into it. And right. uh, so I think we accomplished that. And uh, so like I said there's lots of hints, but there's not too much in there as far as the, the main story. And this first issue is a one and done story. So even though I'm looking to turn this into a, a ongoing series, uh, hopefully through a publisher, uh, this one issue is a one and done story. You will get a beginning, middle and end to it. 
Uh, not no big cliffhanger at the end of it. Um, but, but like I said, lots of hints of things to come. And, uh, she is absolutely amazing. Uh, she, it's been a true collaboration. Like when I send her ideas of stuff to work on, like character sheets and everything else, she comes back with stuff and she does a ton of research hmm. on clothing and, and, uh, everything else. Like part of the costume of Stealth Hammer was she, uh, she knew she needed some tough gloves for her to wear, but she needed to be mobile and nimble. Uh, so she actually looked up parkour glo- gloves and that's what the character's wearing is these really cool parkour gloves. So, so when I get my physical copy, one of these days when you're a huge comic book writer and she's a huge comic book artist, I'm going to be like, I helped back them back, right. back in the early days. Exactly. Exactly. That's amazing. I want to, I'm going to say like the artwork in this looks, and I'm sure Joe will agree. It looks incredible and it looks very cinematic. And I'm also going to throw this out there and I don't know how she feels or if she even knows who this person is, but it reminds me very much of Don Bluth. Yes. That is exactly the look I was going for. And oh, it's epic. I mean, you're, you're thinking about, you know, Dragon's Lair, Space Ace, uh, what's it, what is it? The Secret of Nim. Is that what the Rats of Nim? Yeah. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful artwork. I've always been a fan. Another side of it too. Uh, so one, uh, thing that popped in my head immediately when I saw her artwork is I thought of, uh, the Don Booth Anastasia. Yes. Oh yeah. and or if you want to flip onto the Disney side of things, if you remember the movies uh, uh, Atlantis or um, uh, was it uh, Treasure Planet uh, that Disney did, it has those types of of artwork to to the characters to me. So yeah, you couldn't I, honestly. I don't think that you could get a better artist on this. This just I agree looks so good. I love the. The facial expressions. I'm looking at the facial expressions of uh, Alexander Taylor. Um, I really, I mean, I know what he's feeling in in all of those panels. There, that's yes. that's incredible. Um, yeah. Also, just he want to say real quick, huge fan. Don't even know what the character is really all about. But Ari the Elf, I love this character. Um, you will. Yeah, you I think will. Ari the Elf might be my first tattoo. Ryan, this, I, he's, he's rocking some strawberry milk. He looks like yes. Gandalf fucked Orko fucked Yoda. I mean, I yeah. love this character. So I will tell you. I have you, a question about Ari yeah, too. Yes. Uh, real quick here. It, yeah. it ties in with the mythology that you got, got yeah. going in this, which I absolutely love because when we get to the, the two characters, there was Chernobog and the other one. I was familiar with Chernobog. And so I looked it up and I was like, Oh, I really like what you're doing here and then with yeah. the the updates that you've been leaving on your kickstarter with the the character design for your villain yeah. and kind of the backstory with that and everything and then i see ari and i'm looking at it and my kids have been watching the second season of carmen san diego and all of a sudden oh, yeah. they pop up and they say something about tom tease and i'm like is that what ari is I'm like, you know what? I'm talking to the creator later today. <laughs> so I will give you the origin of, of Ari, and I will agree. I do think Ari is going to be a fan favorite uh, by far and wide, and he's a favorite character of mine. And I will tell you that uh, Alex loves Ari. She is a huge fan of Ari. Um, so the origin of Ari is uh, this past June, I was fortunate enough to travel with my wife out to Iceland. And it was an amazing trip, one of those like once in a lifetime type trips. Uh, the people are incredible out there, and they have a lot of mythology out there. Uh, and about 
it's said that about 50% of the population of Iceland believes in elves. And uh, you can see that in a lot of the things that are there. And I found this uh, in one of the updates. I actually put a picture of it. I found this little plush elf uh, in a shop. And I was like, that's that's going to be a character in my story. And I bought it immediately. Uh, I love that it had red and white stripes because my thought initially was this is going to be a Where's Waldo type character. He's going to appear in every single issue. Even if the issue does not involve him, he's going to be hidden somewhere in the issue. So you always have to look for him. Um, he's cool. Yeah, he's going to be that, that watcher type character. Like He's always there. He's always present. But he does play a big factor into uh, Jamie Taylor uh, getting her powers. He is a mentor, sidekick type character. Uh, he's definitely comic relief. He is a uh, Brian. You nailed the character perfectly. He's like the Yoda, Jiminy Cricket character, but he's snarky and cranky. Mm. Um, he uh, he thinks he knows everything. Uh, he little nods to things in my life, which is you know again you write what you know. Uh, he is 216 years old, and people that don't know where I'm from, I live in the Cleveland area, and the area code for Cleveland is 216. Uh, so it's a little nod to where I'm from. Uh, he does not like, he, he's, like I said, he's snarky, he's grouchy, uh, and, uh, but he's also supposed to be helping her and he's supposed to be guiding her. Uh, and there's only two things in his life that does not make him snarky or grouchy. One is who sent him on the mission, which I am not going to reveal. Uh, I was just going to ask you if he was tasked by this. Uh, <laughs> he tasked is tasked. Do, he is tasked to do this. Because he uh, sounds I, like he doesn't really probably want to since he's snarky right. and old. And he was. And I was going to ask you who did this, but it's something. You know what? People just have to back this yeah. Uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. So I'm not revealing who it is. Uh, I will say in the first issue, it does not reveal who it is either, but uh, it is it is a cool character that I have in mind. And uh, it's somebody that he respects immensely. And it, it is tied to Iceland uh, as well. So I did get a lot of inspiration when I was on that trip. Um, and uh, he also does not like wearing his hat that he has, but it was given to him by this person that sent him on the mission. <laughs> so that's why he wears it. Um <laughs> Because uh, you can imagine a grouchy old elf is not going to want to wear a red and white striped hat. Oh uh, man! If this bl- if this blows up, I, you need to you need to make like a, you know like garden gnomes, but make an Ari elf for the front yard. That I right. and then throw Absolutely. that up on on the website. I would buy that and have it so, next to my flamingos. Yes. Well, so I will tell you also, this is a, uh, Ari is a great example of how the collaboration between the artists and myself, uh, worked because, um, I sent her a picture of, of the, the plush thing that I got and, and described who he was and everything else. And so she sent me this whimsical little drawing that is, that you guys saw on the Kickstarter of him sitting there drinking strawberry milk. And immediately when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, what if, because, of course, anything she sends to me, I told her, sometimes she'll send me something and it'll spark a story idea for me. I said, what if the only thing in life that makes him happy is drinking strawberry milk? (laughs) And then that sparked an idea of, well, if this turns into a mini series or an ongoing series, we have to do one issue of, of what happened to send Ari on this mission. Like, who sent him? How did he get his hat? Uh he comes to the U S from Iceland. 
And what if on that journey, he discovers strawberry milk? And not only does it make him happy, he actually gets inebriated from it. I was going to ask, like, did the (laughs) strawberry milk get him drunk? He's clearly drunk in that bottom picture. Yes. Yes, he is. And that was actually the exact expression I asked her to draw. I was like, can you draw him, like, as if he's drunk? Oh, that's (laughs) that's not enough cartoon characters get drunk anymore, Ryan. Right, right. And it's a perfectly acceptable thing in an all-ages comic for a character to get drunk off of strawberry milk. Because let's face it, you give a four-year-old strawberry milk, they will act like they're drunk from the sugar of it. (laughs) Right. That's awesome. So that was a a really cool uh, collaboration. Like I said, she drew this thing, and it just sparked a story. And then I was telling her about the story, and she goes, oh, my God, this – character is going to be awesome to draw you got so. some dude i'm telling you i'm i'm looking i'm just looking at the the kickstarter page and you got something special going on here like this yeah. is i am I'm, I'm getting paid tomorrow i am backing this tomorrow i cannot wait to get my hands on this this looks fantastic man i i appreciate it and that's a big thing i'm i want to make sure that people are aware because a lot of people haven't done kickstarters before so i want to kind of let people know the most important thing to realize is that you will not get charged anything until October 20th, which is when it ends. And you only get charged if I reach my goal. So find a reward. Uh, it's always good to get in there early. Find a reward that works for you. Uh, there's a wide range, and we'll, we can talk about some of those uh, in a little bit. But there's a, a nice wide range of prices of different rewards. And you are and to view Kickstarter, it's really pre-ordering something. You're not it's not a donation, it's not a charity. Mm-hmm. It is a pre-order. You are getting something for your money. Um and uh you can put in for it at any time. Because I have people at, at work that you know said to me, like, oh well, I, I'm gonna back it, but I have to wait till next month, you know, this coming month when I when I get paid and I'm like, you can back it now. You're not being charged anything. Uh, you just make, you just have to make sure that that money is there on the 20th. <laughs> That's the only important thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, I've, I've put a lot of my own money into this, uh, cause all those preview pages and character sheets and stuff like that, that was out of my pocket. None of this Kickstarter money is going to me. It is going towards the artist. It's going towards the printing. Uh, a couple of things people don't n- realize is, uh, when it comes to cost of things is shipping mm-hmm. is in there. Yeah. Uh, Kickstarter takes their portion off of it, of it. They take almost 10% off. So right away, I'm going to have $1,200 off the top. Uh, and then there's taxes. This is, this is considered income. So I have to pay taxes on it. So I'm trying to cover for that as much as possible, too. And at the end of the day, what my goal is probably still might not be enough to cover everything. But my goal is to get this comic into people's hands and have them have something they really enjoy because I have really enjoyed putting it together. Uh, international. Are you shipping internationally? I am not because of cost of shipping. Fuck uh, you, would, Europe. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but there is a digital option. So there's a $3 option mm-hmm. where you can get it digitally, and all I'm going to need is an email address. There you go. There you go. That's awesome. I, I was, but it is, it is going to U.S. and Canada. So Okay. So, you, yeah, shipping in U.S. and Canada? So, but yeah, and unfortunately it's just, it's just too, and I don't think, I don't think there'd be many people internationally that would want to pay for the shipping that it would cost to get a comic over to them. So, uh, but I wanted to give some type of option for international people. And like I said, there is a a digital option and it's, you can get $3 and your name would still goes into the thank you page and everything else. So three bucks people. Yeah. 
And the, what's it? The, the euro's worth more than a, our fucking dollar anyway, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's really smart. So, to figured to, in to all mention, the, the shipping and taxes and everything on the top, though. Um, thank God I had people that have done Kickstarters before. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Because, the, you know, they say that creatives also aren't the most business savvy. And so I can only imagine that that'd be. I know for me anyway, if I were to try and dive into something like this, that would be a big challenge to me is the business aspect of it. It sounds like you kind of got that ironed out. So that's really that's really great. Yeah. Fortunate for me, I've worked in uh, the corporate world uh, my whole life. So the business side of things comes pretty natural for me. Uh, uh, you can throw a spreadsheet together pretty fast, right? Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> that's all I work on is spreadsheets. Um, there you go. Then. That's, so uh, that's like the second issue like that he has planned. It's just right, a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> spreadsheet. Right. Um, but, yeah, the uh, it, so that doing the podcast that I do and, and doing this comic and everything else that, that these are the things that let me get my creative juices going. So, cause in the corporate world, I get to do the business and analytical side, which I enjoy also. Uh, but this is the stuff that really kind of makes life worth living. You know, it's like you can do all the things that put food on your table so that you can live, but then there's the things that make life worth living. And for me, comic books is one of those things. So Absolutely. I want to be part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the stuff like this. It just, uh, I guess keeps us connected to our childhood and keeps us feeling yeah. young and, and alive. This is, this is absolutely incredible. I'm, I'm, oh, I cannot wait to get my hands on this. It looks really good. Now you're at about a third of the goal. About a third of the goal. Yeah. About 18 days left as yeah. the, the time of us recording this. Um, and, and I will say too, like you were talking about like, uh, recapturing childhood. There's a lot of nods to, uh, stuff I grew up with. So if you look at the, on the Kickstarter page, there's, there's the, uh, there's a couple preview pages and these are pages, uh, two pages of a five page story that I wrote, uh, that I'm hoping to put into the issue, uh, for this first issue. So this way you get two stories instead of just one. And, uh, basically, uh, you can see in the first few panels of that, there is a nice nod to a huge love of my life, which is Star Wars, because there is Jamie Taylor, hiking the, some green Rocky Mountains uh, with Ari on her back. And if that's not a nod to Yoda on Luke Skywalker's back and Empire Strikes Back, I don't know what is because that's exactly what I had intended when I did it. So, <laughs> yeah, I totally picked up on that. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, And there's uh, there's other stuff. Like it, uh, I'll give you another one in the five-page preview. Uh, this page has not been completed yet. Uh, but she has to face the Marzana character, which is the, the creepy uh villain character that you uh you were referring to earlier um how did you come up with the character design on her because that was when you said it was all ages book and then yeah. i saw that character profile i was like this has me super hooked because that is extremely creepy yeah. but it's it's gonna be perfect i i have a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old so it's gonna be perfect for them yeah and uh Oh wow! Yeah, how did you come up with that character design? Okay, so so the character itself, you're gonna, you guys are gonna laugh at this. So uh, I, I'm a huge fan of mythology in general. So I, I love mythologies of all different cultures and stuff like that, and, and you know, supernatural beings and all that type of stuff. Uh, have been all my whole life. But the one day, it's just it's amazing where inspiration comes from. The one day I'm sitting there watching Netflix and I'm watching Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh the, yes. Most recent versions of it, Thank and uh, you. Oh, love I'm that. So, I am a huge fan. We actually, Rebecca, 
who's been on the show, who you've talked to. Yes. She's also a huge fan. She got um, uh, Dr. Forrester and TV Sprank to record an intro for PCL. Nice. Um, I am a, awesome. I go to the Riff Tracks events when I can. Yeah. yeah. So anytime you can draw inspiration from MST3K, I yes. am all behind that. Yes. So I'm watching an episode and they, um, they, it's, they actually do a, uh, you know, one of their cutaways from the movie. They actually do a little song about uh, supernatural and mythological beings from around the world. And in that song, they mention this name Marzana. And they briefly mention what it was. And I was like, that's a really cool character that I have, you know, mythological character I've never heard of before. And outside of the mythological character that we mentioned earlier, uh, I want to try to pull from mythology uh, of characters that just really have never seen the light of day before. Uh, so when I heard that name, I was like, let me look this up. And I read which, who she was. And she's actually a, uh, a deity of death from Poland. Uh, and she, it, there's not a whole lot of artist renditions of what she looks like. A lot of the stuff that you see is like little scarecrow type things and everything else. So I wrote out a description and that's the, the big thing that some people don't realize. Like the art artist is amazing and she comes up with the incredible stuff, but I wrote character sheets for every single one of these characters. And I'm talking like detailed character sheets. This is what the character looks like. This is the character's personality. They're this tall. They're, they have this color eyes and everything else. And, uh, with Marzan, I, I, I gave some descriptions, but I wanted to give her some freedom to come up with what she could come up with. And I said, she wears, you know, these robes. And I sent some, a couple artist renditions of, of stuff I found that I had in mind. I said, she's got, she has to have these long, creepy fingers. Um, because that was always creepy to me as a kid, even now it's creepy to me. Um, and then she came up with the idea. Uh, I said, she's kind of like, I was like, think of like a Reaper type character. And I says, and she'll have this staff that doesn't have a, it has a, like a sickle at the end of it instead of the, re, the typical Reaper staff. And, uh, so she came up with that. And, uh, but then she came up with the idea that she wears this like porcelain mask. So she doesn't really show a lot of expressions, but she can still move the mask through her magic. Mm. So if she needs to move it to, to whistle and stuff like that, uh, which we see in a, uh, one of the preview pages, um, she can do that. And so as I was looking up these mythological characters, I had already had the idea of the wolf rats, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a combination of a wolf and a rat. It's like the size of a wolf with the hair and everything else, but it has the face of a rat, the tail of a rat, some of the front legs of a rat and everything. kind of reminds me of like the, those creatures in Willow. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I said, well, the wolf rats could be your pets. And, uh, and they'll be, of course, pack leaders because it's tied into wolves. They're packs and, uh, rats tend to travel in groups also. Uh, so this, so then I came across the names, uh, Chernabog and Bellabog, and they are mythological characters also, and they're kind of like opposites of each other. And these kind of became, and this is a great inspiration for me, was, um, another reference, uh, for me was, uh, the demon dogs in Ghostbusters. Uh, so there is a slight difference between the two wolf rats. And that is that one of them has a scar across its face and the other mm. one doesn't, uh, much like the demon dogs. They had just a variation of different size horns yeah. in the ghostbusters. So that's, that's where they kind of came from and they are her pets and she can call upon them. And it made sense because she's a deity of death and, uh, rats are known for 
being around, you know, corpses and all that type of stuff and causing, you know, the, the black plague and stuff, things like that. So, Oh, this is, I love the, uh, the porcelain mask and how it'll probably change in different panels. You know, yeah. like it reminds me a little bit about Rorschach, you know? Yes. So yes. yeah, very cool. Yeah. There's a lot of, th- thought and a lot of depth to every single character we did uh the costumes that we did we went back and forth with the stealth hammer costume because i wanted something that looked like that would have some technology base to it but also have a mythological look to it um and when you look at her she looks like somebody that came out of a you know role-playing game or something like that Mm -hmm. uh but her suit is very technologically based it's it's got this you know um, armor that her father was working on because her father's this inventor type uh, who worked, you know, works making things to make the world safe. And uh, he has a brother, uh, Alexander, who is not all about that. He is all about power and he is all about himself. And uh, he is the main villain of the first issue. And when I was thinking of the Dr. Everett and Dr. Alexander, uh, I thought of Dr. Light and Dr. Wiley from Mega Man. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that's that's where that's some of the inspiration awesome. came for them. And then the names, too. So I, I mentioned how there's a lot of references to stuff I love, like Mega Man and Star Wars and Ghostbusters and all that fun stuff. But there's a lot of inspiration from the people in my life. And uh, obviously, I, I mentioned the main characters based off of my wife. She does have a boyfriend in the story, which is loosely based on me. Uh, in fact, the character looks a lot like me. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, she idolizes her grandmother. And her grandmother, I actually named after my wife's mom. And uh, her grandmother, we get hints of her in the first issue. But if this turns in, again, if this turns into a miniseries or ongoing series, uh, we're going to learn a lot about our grandmother. Grandmother is going to be like that Indiana Jones type character, mm-hmm. which is a huge, I'm a huge fan of those types of characters. And she is going to, she's someone that travels the world and is trying to help others and everything else. And Jamie looks up to her. So I named that character, uh, after my mother-in-law, uh, the names of Dr. Everett and Dr. Alexander is my, uh, in-laws are very much into genealogy and the, fa- uh, their family history and all. And my wife has a copy of the genealogy book that her mom put together and so I, um, we went through a list of family names and I said, I'm looking for a name that when you hear it, it sounds like someone who's inherently good. Like, just like when you hear Dr. Light, you know, that that's, that's the good doctor. So she mentioned the name Everett and I was like, Dr. Everett Taylor, that sounds like a good doctor. And then she, I needed a Dr. Wiley. So she came across the name Alexander. I was like, Dr. Alexander Taylor, that sounds like a jackass. So, <laughs> so that's where those names came from. They actually came from family members in my wife's, uh, family lineage. So, um, so I pulled, I pulled from stuff like that. Um, for people that are familiar with the podcast, uh, that I do, uh, there's, there's a not all ages reference made in the first issue, uh, but it's done in an all ages way. Uh, there is a term that was given to us. By another podcast, uh, What's on Joe Mind, they had us on their show one time when we were talking to them, and we referred to something as RHP. And Brian, you probably know what RHP stands for, because I know you've listened to the show for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I can't put RHP, what it actually means, into an all-ages comic, but I wanted to make a little reference for people that are longtime fans of Star Joe's. So there is a bus in the first issue uh, that plays a role uh, when we first meet the character. 
And so on the side of the bus, it's going to say RHP Transit. And the bus is shaped like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. so that's going to be great. Um, so it, I'm having a lot of fun of putting things that I know and references that I love yeah. uh, into this. It is a love letter to everything I've ever loved. Uh, so um, I I love stories with legacies. Mm. This this character has a legacy to her uh, that she finds out. I love stories with alternate dimensions. There's hints to that alternate dimensions are going to play a factor in future stories. In the very first issue, there's hints to that. Um, I love Indiana Jones characters. I'm going to have an Indiana Jones character. If this turns into a mini series or ongoing series, there's going to be an issue that's devoted just to her grandmother, and we're going to learn about her grandmother. Oh, that's awesome! Um, yeah, so. So there's all these things. I I probably have a good thirty to fifty issues in my head of where this story is going to go. So that's incredible. I okay. How can people help back this? So what they can do is they can go to Kickstarter.com and they can just look up Stealth Hammer. Well, I'm going to put the link in the yeah. in the show if notes you search, as well. If you search Stealth Hammer, you're going to find it there. Stealth Hammer also has a Facebook page. It has an Instagram page. It has a Twitter account. So you can find it through all of the social medias. Um, but yeah, if you just look up Stealth Hammer, that's where you can find it. And I will, uh, just to give some ideas of some of the rewards out there, like I said, I wanted to make stuff that was inexpensive. So $3 for the digital copy, $5 for the, the hard copy. Um, to people, you know, if, if you really want a lot, there's, uh, there's not a lot of original art for this because my artist does work in digital form. And, uh, but Robert Atkins, who is an amazing comic book artist, uh, is doing a variant cover for this issue. Uh, and he has given the original artwork for that variant cover as a reward. So that's, that's the high end. There's $550 gets you the original artwork for the cover plus everything else that you would see before it. Um, a couple of the fun rewards that I wanted to mention, uh, one is uh, at a $200 level, you, there's five of those, uh, and I think at this point there's only three of them left. Uh, you can have your likeness put into the first issue. Uh, I, asked my, uh, I asked Alex, uh, are, how good are you with likenesses? And she goes, oh, yeah, I can do likenesses. So well, I have five characters in the first issue that uh, I don't know what they're going to look like. So I thought, well, maybe I make it, make it look like uh, one of the backers. And uh, there is going to be a bus driver. Uh, there is going to be two police officers and there's going to be two men in black type characters. Hmm. And what will happen is you'll not only get the issue and the variant cover and all that fun stuff, but you'll actually be in the issue. Uh, your likeness will be in the issue. And then you'll get a uh, 11 by 17 print of the pages that your likeness is in. And that those pages will be signed by myself and the artist. Um, and then there's a hundred dollar level. Uh, which I'm very eager to do this one, which is uh, you get at all the all the other fun stuff, stickers, bookmarks, variant covers, all that fun stuff. But then you also get a hardcover behind-the-scenes book. Uh, and that I'm putting together myself with the help of my wife, who is a graphic designer. So you know it's going to look very professional-looking. Um, and I have been keeping all of the preliminary artwork and colorings and everything else uh, that Alex and I have gone back and forth on and everything else, uh, little sketches that she's done. And uh, I'm putting that into this hardcover book, and I'm going to put detailed information in that book as far as the inspirations and where's the story going. So I'm going to divulge some of this 
direction of the story in that hardcover book, like where are things going, uh, who sent Ari on his mission, things like that. So you, so people can get excited about, uh, what's to come after this first issue. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. This is very cool. Um, for people to have the opportunity just to have themselves, like if anybody's ever dreamed about being in a comic, like this is your chance. Yeah. And I will tell you, I am just as jazzed when I see a $3 backing come in as I am about any of the other higher dollar amounts. And there's ones in between. So I mentioned the $200 one and the $100 one. There's ones in between. There's, you know, they said $5 for the issue. There's a Stealth Hammer kicks, uh, Stealth Hammer starter pack, which you get the, the main issue, the variant cover, uh, and then you get a bunch of stickers and a, and a bookmark. And then there's one that you can get some prints made because, again, there's no original art. But you can get some mini prints, and then there's one where you can get full-size prints, and the full-size prints will actually be signed again by myself and the artist. Uh, so those will be a limited run. Um, so, yeah, it's I try to do a nice range of pricing for, for people uh, because I know not everyone can afford a lot, uh, mm-hmm. but if they can do even just a little bit, it makes all the difference in the world. Five bucks? Hold on. Five bucks for a physical copy? Yeah, five bucks for the physical copy. It's five bucks also for the shipping because it does cost for shipping. Uh, but yeah, so for ten bucks, you're going to get it shipped to you with the physical copy, and you also still get the digital copy. Digital uh, as copy? Well. Will the digital copy arrive first? I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh wow! And your name will appear on the thank you page in the issue. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, guys, this is this is fantastic. I mean, I was actually thinking <laughs> when I was reading through this, I, I skipped. The, I must have skipped over the five dollar option because I was just looking. I was going straight for the thirty dollar one. I mean, that's the one that I'm gonna be getting. So, yeah. but uh, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about doing this, and I will say, like, uh, of course, as, as the creator, I I'm living this every day, so I'm I'm nervous right now of like, are we gonna get there? I am working my ass off to, to get there, but, uh, but of course I'm nervous. Uh, this comic's going to get made one way or another. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm hoping it gets made now with the support of, of those of you out there. Um, and if it does, it, it gets out there that much faster. If it does, if this isn't successful, this comic's still going to get made somehow. If it doesn't um, get made, I'm blaming my listeners, Ryan. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you. So here, here's the big thing too, Brian. This is a good thing to put on your listeners. So, if you cannot afford anything or just don't want to, I get it. I understand people. It's not their cup of tea or they just can't afford it right now. I totally get that. Oh, yeah. You can't afford to help a man's dreams. But here's what I would here's what I would ask people <laughs> to do. If you cannot afford it, I totally get it. But if you cannot afford it, share the Kickstarter with others. There you go. Put it on your social media because I guarantee there's other people that are going to be interested and I can only reach so many people. So this is absolutely, like you said, Brian, this is absolutely a dream of mine. So it'll help me get my dream come true. If you would just be willing to share it on your social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, I don't care what the social media thing is, or if it's just telling somebody else about it so that they go check it out. Um, that means the world to me also because it, it's getting out to more people that I can't reach by myself. Is this, uh, as far as the sharing that's going on on social media right now, is it all happening under the Star Joes? Uh, I have, I have it on Star Joes. Uh, Stealth Hammer has its own Facebook page, Twitter account, and Instagram account. Nice. So you can find Stealth Hammer on all of those, but you can also find it under Star Joes. 
Um, hell, you can find it under my own personal account. If you just look up Ryan Drost, D-R-O-S-T, you'll find it there also. It's public. It's made public, so you'll find it there. Um, I've put this on every channel I possibly have, so... Well, I'll be uh, retweeting it tonight on uh, PCL's Twitter, so, and then I'll uh, get some people to do it uh, on the Facebook page. But yeah, I, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop there. I mean, our listeners can do the exact same thing. Please do yeah. it. Please help support this guy. Um, I mean, you have no idea what Star Joe's uh, means to me because of uh, just. I mean, just all the help that you've given me in the past uh chuck you guys are just fantastic so and this I appreciate it. not only that but like i mean you could be a great guy and still write a shitty comic that's not right i mean <laughs> you know and and what i'm looking at here doesn't look like a shitty comic this looks like a an expansive uh adventure with uh, science and mythology all ages and it looks fantastic. This is something that I want to actually physically have in my hands and be able to read this. This looks great. Thanks. I, I, I am very critical of myself, uh, in so many ways. And, uh, I do reviews of comics all the time. And I was like, you know, it's time I put my money where my mouth is. Cause I feel like I know what makes a good comic. And so I, wrote one and found out, yeah, it's, it is challenging, but it can still be done if you're willing to be critical of yourself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so that's what I wrote is I wrote a comic that I, that I would want to read. Uh, and that's, that's where this all kind of came from. And yeah, if I read it, if I wrote it out and read it and was like, yeah, this actually sucks. I wouldn't put it out there. Um, and there's been changes. Like I, I've written some stuff and sent it to Alex and she's doing everything. She's doing the pencil work, the inking, the coloring and the lettering. So I'm very fortunate. I found someone that can do all of it. Um, but she would put a page together and I would read it back and I go, yeah, I don't like that word. Can we change that word to this? So even once it's complete, a page is completely done, I'm still making changes to make sure it's, it reads the way I would want it to read, that it sounds like something people would want to read. Absolutely. Hey, Joe, did you have any questions for Ryan? I, I wanted to make sure that you got uh, a chance to ask him everything. Uh, yeah, you know, I was um, I was mostly fascinated with the the mythology in it, and it's I, I never would have imagined that you got some of it from Mystery Science Theater three thousand. I think <laughs> I remember that episode, and so now I'm like, okay, I, that was one of the gauntlet ones, right? Yes. Yes. So, yep. Yep. I got to go back and find that cutscene then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you brought mythology into, you know, in it, you brought mythology in that I'd never heard of before, and I've always right. been a huge fan of mythology too. And if that's going to be an ongoing theme in this book, I'm even more excited. It, um, it absolutely will. You're gonna, and the idea is, as it goes on, we're gonna start seeing a blend of mythology meets technology. So yes. right now, right now, the fir the beginning of it, the first main issue story we're going to see a lot of technology stuff. Uh, the, the five page, uh, mini story, it's a lot of mythology stuff, but as it goes on, we're going to find those two worlds coming together. Oh uh, yeah. I, no, I'm really excited to see how you're going to pull it together. Uh, the sample pages that you have on your Kickstarter page are fantastic. Um, I, I backed it. I think the first day I saw it on social media and, Dude, I, I can't wait to get a copy of it. <laughs> and, uh, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, and I will I mean, say, you guys too, are making something really special here. 
I, I feel the exact same way as stuff has been coming together. And like I said, this has been a ridiculously collaborative effort because like I said, as she does stuff and shows it to me. It starts sparking ideas like the, the costume uh, for, I want to, I want to mention something else from her costume. I originally knew I wanted her to have a utility belt of some type. And, uh, but I didn't want to just be like Batman's utility belt. You know, I didn't want to totally swipe that, but there is a story element where, they talk about that in the first issue, like why she has this, this utility belt thing on. Um, so I mentioned that to Alex and she found this little side pouch type belt thing. And that's what she gave the character. And it had this really cool kind of like rustic worn type look to it, this leather look to it and everything else. Um, and the second I saw it, it sparked another idea. I said, what if that was something that her grandmother gave to her? And to give you, an, give you a clue as to where things are going in the future, her grandmother ha- has, gotten, has been missing for a few years now, uh, and she's presumed dead. Uh, and so while she idolizes her grandmother, uh, this belt and her grandmother's journal are the only two things she has left from her grandmother. And so this, this, uh, this side pouch belt that she has becomes part of her costume because it's ties her to her grandmother. I love how that whole time you avoided calling it a fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> that, that took some skill right there. Like if, if you can take that skill and then put it into this comic book, this is going to be, this is going to be huge. It's a, I, we're all thinking fanny pack, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's got some, it's got a bit of that. It, it came yeah. from a grandmother, right? It's a right, fanny right. pack. Right. <laughs> very fancy fanny pack. It's though. a very fancy fanny pack, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is too, you were, you were mentioning like you're eager to see how the two, uh, worlds come together. Um, to be honest, I wasn't 100% sure how it was going to happen. I knew where I wanted to go and kind of how I wanted to get there, but I was like, how do I really make this blend happen? And that actually happened because of Alex sending me some preliminary sketches that she was doing uh, for one of the characters. And I was like, okay, this is how we do it. Like it's one of her mistake drawings that she sent to me. Uh, and it, literally there were a lot of mistakes on this one page. She was like, no, not this, no, not this and everything else. And then she, she sent me the final thing. I'm like, okay, but let's look at this one mistake over here. What if we did that one mistake? And that's how these two worlds come together. And uh, so that, Again, it's one of those things like she draws something and it sparks a a story element for me. And that's why it was important also to find someone that could draw detailed backgrounds. Because I told her the first. So give you an idea. The first page of the of the main issue is the character in her bedroom uh, kind of looking back at what got her to that point. And that that first page is just her and her room. So it's this big, expansive page with a lot of detail in the background. And even in that page, there's going to be a combination of technology meets mythology. Uh, and I let Alex know that. I was like, I want things to be in her room that are technology-based. Uh, there's actually a, going to be a hint to a future character in that first page um, that's technology-based. And then I also want stuff that's hanging up in the room. And we actually talked about how there would be stuff from her grandmother uh, that her grandmother gave her that's kind of from her adventures. Like, you know, you always hear about those aunts or those relatives that they go to some faraway place and they, then they bring back stuff to their niece or nephew or like, and you know, from that place. And, uh, so that's what she has. She has stuff hanging up in her room. And I said, just draw stuff, just stuff that pops in your head. When you think of like, 
cultural things and everything else. And I said, I guarantee you stuff that you draw on the, in, that's in her room is probably going to become a story in the future. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Which it'll be fun because then when I write those stories, people will be able to go back to the first issue and go, oh, my God, it was there all along. Yeah, little Easter <laughs> eggs. Little Easter eggs that you've kind of hidden throughout the book. Exactly. It's awesome. Yeah. Ryan, I seriously, I want to thank you so much for uh, telling us about your passion project. And it's something that, you know, as soon as I get off the call with you, I'm going to back it. Um, and I hope that our listeners will. I mean, it's you can basically donate just a dollar on up. I mean, yeah. you, you really you don't you're not offering giving anything uh to anybody who offers a dollar but they're just helping to support you so exactly yeah i mean just skip one day at fuck i i guess yeah yeah that's not skip one day at dunkin donuts for the coffee right i was gonna say starbucks but their coffee's like fucking five bucks might as well just get the physical copy at that point (laughs) (laughs) well you could do that too there you go just skip yeah forget the coffee one day and get the comic so Ryan, it'll thank- last longer. <laughs> agreed, agreed. <laughs> and uh, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, man, thank you so much for letting me just ramble about something that I'm actually loving that I'm doing right now. So, well, if I, you'll never have me on your show to talk about anything that I'm creating um, because that it's bas- it's basically me sitting on my toilet. And that's the only thing I make. I make dookie every morning, people, but nobody wants to hear about it. I try to bring it up all the time. Nobody wants to hear about but, but it. But I will say I, I am planning on having you on my show, though, because I have some episodes coming up that I that, that I would love to have you on because I'm looking for for some different perspectives for some things that we're going to be doing. So and he said this. He says this now, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I had, to get, I had to get my stuff out first. Yeah. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, you feel this way now, but wait until you have me on, then you'll. Be- <laughs> no, actually, I, I can actually uh, give I can give listeners a preview of, of what I want to do, and I'd love for you to join the episode for it. Is uh, I'm stealing something that I heard on another podcast, but I thought it'd be great to do on our show. Is uh, your top five favorite cartoons that you? Uh, watched when you were a kid so anything you watched from age zero to age 17 mm. and then we're going to do another episode of your top five favorite cartoons that you watched in your adulthood so from age 18 to to now oh i love it um, man yeah ones you discovered in your childhood that you loved and ones that you discovered in your adulthood that you love very cool yeah we'll have you i i would love to be on one of those episodes and and we'd love to have you back i'm going to ask you now we had you back. We had you on for the Bumblebee episode in December. If I can get you back on in December again, I'll do it. I don't care what we're talking about. It doesn't matter. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm hoping it's Star Wars, but we'll find. We'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know. All right, uh, Joe. I want to thank you, Ryan. I want to thank you, and everybody. Help back this. Let's let's uh, let's make his dreams come true, and let's get it done. He's going to get it done, one way or the other. But this should be the way that he gets it done. Let's help him back this Kickstarter project. So get out, uh, like you know, get out there, uh, spread the uh, the tweets, retweet, um, you know, drop some coin on Stealth Hammer, and uh, especially if you have kids. Um, but it, yeah. then again, it doesn't really matter because no. you're gonna fall in love with the char- the characters and the story as well. 
And, um, I mean, so it, it's all ages, guys. So definitely drop some money on this one, retweet, spread the word, and help back this Kickstarter for Stealth Hammer.